Hey, good morning. It's great to be here. And this is my third time. Uh, I think last time I bought a big truck with me. Do you remember that? Yeah, I didn't bring it this time. Is that okay? So you just got me this time. It's great to be back for a third time because normally I only ever go back to a place for a second time. Uh, the second time is to apologize for what I did the first time. So it's great that you invited me back. Thank you for that. Hey, I believe you had my, my pastor here a few weeks ago. Matt Summerfield? Yeah, yeah from Zeo Church. Did he behave? Yeah. No. <laughs> Can you tell me later what he did? Yeah. And look, I never spoil a good story with the truth. All right? Okay. Uh, shouldn't really say that in church, should I? No. But it's great, it's great to be with you. And last time I was here, I, I spoke, uh, my, my talk was, was titled Never Tire of Doing Good. And you haven't, because you've carried on supporting the children that you support in, in Kenya. And I just want to run through a few slides just to update you. Before I go on to my talk, I just want to update you about some of the things that you're doing. So we'll just kind of go through these slides fairly quickly. There you go. Thank you for your change in the lives of 54 children, which is fantastic. 54 children living in abject poverty are being helped just because of Redeemer King. There they are. Aren't they beautiful? They're just gorgeous. And all of the children you support are, are in Kenya. They're all in one community in Kenya, which is just wonderful. I think I told you last time it was called Knuckles. It's the name of the, uh, the area where they are. Now... You will know about if, how many of you do sponsor a child here? Oh, look at all those hands, fantastic. You'll know about your child, won't you? You'll know your child's name. You'll have written to your child, won't you? Um, yeah, you will. Um, you may have even sent gifts to your child. You'll be praying for your child regularly, won't you? Yeah, you may well be. But what you don't know is what we're doing collectively. So collectively, you're supporting 31 girls and 23 three boys. It is so important that we look after girls. In many of the countries where we work, if we asked the family who they would like to go into the project, it would invariably just be the boys, uh, because that's where they see their future. But there's a, a Ghanaian philosopher who said that if you educate a man, you educate one person. If you educate a girl, you educate the world. Uh, and men, I'm sorry, but it's true. You know, most of the rubbish that goes on in this, on this planet is men-centered. It just kind of is. Uh, and it's important that we, that we redress that balance and really focus on girls. That's why it's important that when we sponsor kids, we don't leave it to our wife to write the letters. <laughs> we don't leave it to our wife to pray. Maybe even, maybe even... Some of the blokes here today might say, you know what, I'm going to be that father figure that's necessary. But it's important, so, so well done. You're addressing the balance. We, we're trying to make certain that at least 50% of the children that we work with are girls. Let's have a look at this. In Kenya, where these kids live, it's, it's mainly mud huts and tin roofs. That's actually quite a good mud hut that you're seeing there. But often these will be mud huts that with, they'll be bits of wood and they'll just be put them together with mud and every now and again they'll have to replace that mud often the floors uh they use dung cow dung because apparently dung uh repels uh, mice and it also repels snakes so they that you know ew. 
Would you like a very, any of you here got a poo floor at, uh, in your house? No? None at, no nobody? Right, okay. So let's carry on and look and see what else you're doing here. There have been 296 letters exchanged in the last year. Um, 190 from the children and 106 sent by sponsors. That is one of the highest percentages I've ever seen in any church. So seriously, so give yourself a round, yeah, give yourself a round of applause because your letters are gold dust to these kids. You might not think much of them, but they treasure them. If you go to a child's home, they'll bring out all the letters that have ever been written to them and they read them and reread them. Now we get stuff through our post, don't we? And we just, most of the stuff comes straight in the bin. Is that right? stuff that comes through post but when a letter from your sponsored child comes through you want to read it don't you it's important and this is the same for them so thank you for that well done now then since we started working with you a few years back the children that you support have spent a minimum of 23,000 hours in their church-based project think of the difference that's making to these children and that's a minimum. That's worked out on an average of, of four hours a week. And most of the projects that we work with will probably do six, eight, even more. They may meet during the week as well. So that's an absolute minimum number of hours. You've provided a minimum of 5,700 nutritious meals for these children. These are children who struggle to have the food that we've had. How many of you had breakfast this morning? How many of you are going to have lunch? How many of you are going to have tea or do you have tea in the evening or dinner whatever you are I never know I've, you have dinner ladies don't you so that's got to be dinner yeah yeah so I'm with you dinner dinner's at dinner's at lunchtime yeah yeah that's right and then just say uh, it's okay look I'm a northerner so that's what I say okay all right is it scone or scone Okay, enough, 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 enough. Oh, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna get dangerous here. Scone, mate. I'm a, I'm from Liverpool, right? And we have, we have a derogatory term, a semi-derogatory term for people. We call them sconehead, right? You can't say sconehead. It just doesn't work. So it's scone. Okay. Anyway. Over, over six, probably over 6,000 nutritious meals, 131 medical checkups, a minimum of that, and 71 Bibles. Well done. It's fantastic. But look at this. Here we go. In the last year, Redeemer King Church has provided to support these children over 24,000 pounds. That is amazing. And yeah, that is worthy. Because... I know if I said to Carl, I've got this great idea, Carl, why don't you give us 15,000 pounds from the church? From the church? Really? Do you think he'd be able to? He'd think I was nuts. But actually, this has come from the church because you're the church, aren't you? Because you and I actually go to the same church. You do know that, don't you? There's only one church. Uh, this is just, this is the congregation here. There's only one church, and that's what you've done. You know, when, when, when Carl's doing the annual report, there's no reason at all why he can't put that figure below the line and say, Redeemer King have given £24,192 to mission. Isn't that great? So well done. 
And that includes 40 additional gifts. So that's 40 of you. Well, it may not be 40 of you, but 40 gifts have been given to these children. So I just want to say a, a real big thank you from, from the children and from Compassion for the support you've given us. So thank you so much. There's one final slide. I'm hoping. There you go. A big thank you. Now then, I've been speaking to, to, to Carl and the leadership here. And are you aware that we're considering a group of you going out to Kenya to see the children? Are you aware of that? Fantastic. And the dates we're talking about are the 13th to the 20th of April. So you better hurry up. Uh, no, next year. All right. So we've got just over a year to go. Um, and I'm, I'm going to ask, answer any questions that you've got. But I'm going to ask Jess and Chris to just come and join me, if you don't mind. Do you all know Jess and Chris? Yeah? Well, Jess and Chris, um, last year? Last year, February last year. Last February, went out to Ghana. Uh, any Ghanaians in the house? No Ghanaians in the house? Okay. Well, you will all have a Ghanaian name. Because in Ghana, your names are linked to the day of the week you were born. I think we decided you were Kofi, didn't we, Chris? And I, I'm Yao. That's because I was born on a Thursday, and you were a Saturday. Is that right? So Google it. Find out when, you had, when day you were born. Google it, and you can have, give yourself a Ghana in it. Isn't that cool? Um, I was quite disappointed. I actually fancied Kofi. I, had to, so I was really disappointed when I didn't get Kofi, but I got Yao. So, I did look mine up. Hold on. Oh, right. Well, while, while Jess is looking, Chris, tell us about your trip to, to Ghana. So um, at the beginning of the day, we saw the overview of the camping trip in July. And of course, all we're doing is looking at pictures. It's all theory. Sounds nice, but what it's really going to be like is something that's yet to be lived through. What you do by going there is actually immerse yourself in their world. You feel the heat. You feel the dust. You meet the children. You meet their families. You go into their homes and sit and speak with them. It's a completely different world, and it's one that touches your life and changes you from the inside out. It's amazing. What was, the, what was your name? Right, hold on. Yeah. It's gone again. So it's Arcosia. Oh, what a great name. <laughs> Tell me, what was, what was the home like where your child lived? Okay, well, the home, we sponsored two children, um, one who we knew we were going to meet when we went out there, and then one who uh, needed sponsoring while we were out there, and it was just amazing to see them in their homes. But their homes are completely different to ours. Um, lying on the floor for sleeping, just mats, um, no toilets, just the bush to go into, no running water, um, just, yeah, incredible. And, and, and nothing really prepares you for that, does it? Uh, and this is one of the, th th it's actually a, a blessing, I'm going to talk about it a little bit later on, but one of the blessings of going out to see your sponsored child is actually stepping out of your comfortable existence into a place which is really uncomfortable. Because I guess every one of you turned the tap on this morning uh, and washed your hands, did your teeth in running water, you got clean water to drink. You know, I think everyone here, if they're ill, they can just go to the doctor. They just can't. These kids can't do that. We are talking about people who exist on probably earning less than $2 a day. Let's call it less than £2 a day for everything. For your food, your accommodation. But what you do is change their lives. So thank you so much for that. It's a real, real blessing to have you there. Sorry to rush you, but 
uh, I need to, to get on and do some other things. But if you're, if you're interested in going on, a, going on a trip to meet your sponsored child, then do that. Because I, th I think you, you mentioned you took them to a park, you were telling me, a little park that you wouldn't have thought anything of it. But to them, it was like going to Disney World. But you know, meeting you is so important. When they meet you, they are just thrilled. They treat you like royalty, don't they? And they thank you for all the things. Do you know the worst thing that happens to me is when they say, oh, their parents say, John, thank you for the sacrifice. I go, really? Really? What sacrifice? Because if I'm honest, I don't notice it that much. You know, it comes out of my plenty, not out of my lack. So, bless you. Thank you for all you're doing. I'm going to move on to my talk, if that's okay. And I'll try and whiz through this. Now then, have you ever heard people say things like, oh, this happened to a friend of a friend of mine? Yeah? You ever heard people say that or they say, oh, there's a ripple effect of this. You know, this happened and there's a ripple effect. Or they say things like, oh, the world is really shrinking which is really stupid because the world isn't actually shrinking and it's actually growing in people. We all heard people saying that. Well, I don't know whether you've heard of, the, of a theory called six degrees of separation. Have any of you heard about this? The, the idea is that within six relationships or less, you are connected to everybody on the planet. All right? Does that make sense? Doesn't, does it? Doesn't make sense at all. Okay. Let's take, let's take an example. Let's take Donald Trump. Any of you related to Donald Trump? Not a chance. <laughs> not a chance. Okay, enough of that. We're not, getting, not doing politics today, anyway. Uh, speak to the person next to you and try and work out how many relationships you know that you've gone to the next one, how many steps before you get to Donald Trump. Give it a go. So I know a friend who knows a friend who knows somebody else who knows somebody else and then you get to Donald Trump. Anybody got there? Yeah, how many, how many steps did you get? Four. Four steps to Donald Trump. Anyone, anyone beat four? Two. Wow, who do you know? You must. Oh my goodness. Are they all right? Are they okay? Oh, man. I can tell you every one of you here can do it in less than six. I happen to know a guy. <laughs> there you, there you can't be secret, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, we'll have a chat later. Yeah, and we'll pray for them. Um, I, know, I know a guy called Yemi Adadeji. You know, we both know a guy called Yemi Adadeji. He's a, he's a canon in the Church of England, but he's also a Pentecostal pastor as well. He's a very unusual guy, good friend of mine, travel a lot with him. He knows the Archbishop of Canterbury. So I know Yemi, who knows the Archbishop of Canterbury well. They speak, they meet regularly. The Archbishop of Canterbury knows Theresa May, our Prime Minister. You may have heard her, she's been in the news recently. <laughs> and guess who she knows? Donald Trump. So that's four steps, and you all know me. So five, 
So you can all get to Donald Trump. Isn't that amazing that we've got those? And, and, in, and in this one is, and we see this on the internet all the time. And it's just so amazing, all these steps that we, that we get to, to, to be there. And this is a, it's a game you can play. This idea came from a, a Hungarian author in the 1920s who kind of got this idea and it's kind of been built on and there's been a lot of science done behind it now. And even games and, and plays and books have been written about it. But when you think about that, if, if we're so close to somebody who we've never met, does what we do matter? What we do matters. When we do good, or when we don't do good, we don't know what the impact of that on the person we do it to is going to have on somebody else, and so on, because we're only this six steps away, six steps of separation. Now, you all know that, going back to the Bible now, instead of Got away from that. I'll come back to it later because there is a reason for, for me mentioning that. It wasn't just a bit of fun. Um, in the Bible, in the Old Testament, we see that the, the Israelites were, were, in, were in Egypt as slaves. Do you all remember that? There were slaves, they were slaves in Egypt and they, were, they, were, they came out of Egypt. And this is what, what God said to them in Deuteronomy 15, 15. He said this, remember that you were slaves in Egypt. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt. And the Lord your God redeemed you. So he brought you out of that. He brought you back out of that through a whole heap of miracles. And he said, that is why I give you this command today. And God sort of then went into lots of different commands, lots, lots of different laws that he wanted people to do. But the idea was that it was to protect the rights of the poor, the widow, the orphan, the stranger. He said things like, if you, if you lend to the poor, don't charge them any interest. Don't expect them to pay you interest. If you give somebody, if someone, you take someone's cloak from them because, uh, as, a, as a pledge, make certain you give it back before it's night time because you don't want it to get cold. How good is that God? He's thinking about that. He says... If you pay a man's wages, pay them on the day they work. Pay them right away. On the seventh year, why don't you just write off all people's debts? How good is that? And isn't an, a strange one? Any farmers in the, in the house today? Yeah? One, five, don't do that. You know, it's, it's good being a farmer. <laughs> half and half. You're half a farmer. Okay. <laughs> a farm. Is it half a farm? No. Um, it, says that, it says that when you, when you plough your fields... Don't, don't go straight to the edge. Leave the corner of your field so that the poor and the foreigner who's wandering can actually eat, can take food. So don't take it all for yourself, but leave that portion. Great things like that, and many more like that, because God is a God of justice. Our God is a God of justice. It says in Deuteronomy 32, verse 4, He is the rock. I love that. I often sign letters in the rock. It's not great to think that Jesus is a rock. You know, it's great, isn't it? Our Father is a rock. I just love that. He is the rock. His works are perfect, and his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong, upright and just is he. One of the things that you need to know about me, I kind of, I love Jesus, I love the church, and I hate injustice. 
with a passion. It really, when I see injustice, it just gets me mad. And the older I get, the madder it gets me. Uh, and I quite like that. It says in Micah 6 verse 8, He has shown you, O God, O man, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly. The thing is, it's so difficult to do all these things because it doesn't just happen. Justice doesn't just happen. We have to make a decision. Love doesn't just happen. We have to make a decision. How many of you love those children that you sponsor? Oh, none of you. Okay. Oh, a, few, a few of you do. But, I, but you had to make a decision to, I'm going to help this child. And then you start to fall in love with them. You know, I, I had my first grandchild. Well, I didn't actually have my first grandchild, but my first grandchild was born about nine weeks ago. Oh, man, am I in love with her. Oh, and she lives in Belfast. It's too far. Uh, but I've been over a couple of times to see her, and she is gorgeous. I didn't have to choose to love her. I really didn't. But there are people that I love that I've had to choose to love. I want to tell you a personal story. I'm skipping a few things because of time. Um, and I want to show you a video in, in a few moments. Um, I've been working for Compassion for 13 years. And I've been to countless poor areas. I've been to places in India with Carl. I've been to places where you, you wouldn't want your dog to live in some of these conditions, seriously. Uh, and I thought I'd seen it all. And once I was in, uh, quite early on in the time, I was in, in um, Ethiopia. And we'd met this lovely little girl. We'd been to the slum area, and then we met this little girl at the project. She was, she was lovely. She was gorgeous. And they said, would you like to go and see where she lives? We said, oh, yeah. They said, well, you have to be ready because it's worse than the slum that you've visited. And it turns out her mother, sorry, her grandmother was a leper. So she lived in a leper colony, the whole family, in this really dirty valley where they lived. And I met this, this grandmother, and God had already broken my heart for the poor. He just had. I just can't help it. It's just who I am now. And I thought I'd, he'd broken my heart enough. And when I met this, when I saw this lady, and she was pretty disfigured through leprosy. Her clothes were filthy. There was... Just, it just wasn't very nice. The conditions she was living in were awful. And what kind of came to my mind is that Jesus touched the leper. He didn't need to touch the leper. He, he could have just spoke. He did. It was speaking healing into them. But he chose to touch. And I just felt this urge to hug this lady. And I hugged her. And part of me was scared. Part, part of me, if I'm honest, was even a bit, little bit repulsed at what I was doing. But I just hugged this lady in an embrace. And I can tell you, I have never in my life been hugged back the way she hugged me. It was as if I was giving her the most precious gift I could. And it just broke me again. I thought God had broke my heart enough. He broke it again that day. And he keeps breaking my heart. Because sometimes we just need to do these things. And we don't know the, the, the impact I'm having. I thought it was a bit of a hug for me. But actually, I could tell that the transference that she was getting from this was amazing. You know, all these words that we have, justice, mercy, righteousness, compassion, grace, they all kind of get mixed up, and we need to understand them. But I just want to read this, and you may have come across this. It's a, 
It's, in, it's, in, it's by Brad Gersackle from Can You Hear Me? And it explains what the differences are between mercy and justice. And he says this, he says, Mercy is like the ambulance at the bottom of the cliff, ready to help those who fall. Justice builds a fence at the top of the cliff to protect them from falling in the first place. Mercy wipes the tears from their eyes and justice says, why are you crying? Mercy welcomes the hungry to gather around God's banqueting table. Justice addresses why some are under the table, aching for hunger, while others are sitting on top of the table, aching from gluttony. Mercy seeks and saves those lost in the darkness. And justice asks, why is it dark? Who's keeping it dark? Who is benefiting from this darkness? Is it I, Lord? Oof. And when you see this, you think, well, these are the kind of the ripple effects that, that we have. I'm, I've got loads more, but because of time, I'm going to skip right along. And I just want to say, you guys are doing a great job here. We're going to show you a video in a second. But you guys are doing a great job here helping these children. You are acting out of mercy. You are helping to feed these things, give these children the, the, the basics that they need. But actually, you're providing justice because these children are getting an education. They're being brought up in a Christian environment. And you know what? These children were born into poverty. But your sponsored children, whilst they were born into poverty, poverty was not born into them. And their children will not be in poverty because of the justice. Just watch this film. That's the power of what you do. That's the power of this small amount that you give, this 83 pence a day. That's the power of what you do. You bring in justice where there is no justice. You're bringing hope where there is no hope. And I just, I just want to thank you for all that you're doing. And you know, some of you will have sponsored a child three, four years ago, some of you last year. And ask yourself now what you gave up. Ask yourself how worse off are you now because of the money you, you give away. And I've tried this. I used to be a banker before I did this job. And, you know, and, and my wife and I sponsored a couple of kids each, and, and this just carried on. And I work for a charity, which, by the way, doesn't pay the same as banking. Uh, you know, you don't, get the, you don't get the bonuses. You don't get the executive share options that I used to get, all sorts of things, and the, and the big salary. And somehow, God's enabled us to sponsor many more children and support Hope for Justice and, and other charities. And at the same time, he's enabled us to put our kids through university, our own kids through university. And we're putting one of our sponsored kids through university. And it doesn't make any financial sense at all that I'm able to do this. But it says in Luke 6.39, it says, give and it will be given to you. Pressed down, overflowing. Why? Because when you give, God wants to give back to you. Why? Because he wants you to continue giving. He wants you to be another giver. 
So maybe today you think, you know what? Yeah, I did sponsor that child. I'm not really noticing that. Maybe, maybe today I could, I could help another child. This little fella here, Ndungu, how many steps of separation are there between you and him? Six? Sorry? Yeah, you can. Okay, one or two because, because of your ethnicity, yeah? Maximum of two steps for everyone in this room. That six degrees of separation for Christians is nonsense. I talked about it before, we had fun with it, but it's nonsense because you know what? Do you know who knows him? Jesus. Who do you know? Jesus. So you know Jesus, and Jesus knows and loves him. And Jesus knows and loves you. So is what we do important? To right. Every act we do is so important. Every act of justice is so important. Every act of love is so important. The flip side of that is every act of injustice also has a negative effect. Because Jesus just loves unconditionally. So this is called how many degrees of separation? The answer is, there's none. Because you now know your sponsored child. Jesus knew your sponsored child before you knew him. Now you know him. But this is for Christians so important. What we do is so important. Can we pray? I'm going I'm to pray out loud. And, well, yeah, otherwise that's why I've got the microphone. I guess it's a good idea having the microphone. Um, and when I find the prayer, I'm going to pray. And what I'd like you to do is, is also pray, pray this prayer out loud. So I'll, I'll pray a, a line and I'll, I'll ask you to. And this is a, it's a Franciscan benediction. You may have heard it before, but I've kind of just twisted it a little bit. So if you just close our eyes and let's just repeat after me. God bless me with discomfort at easy answers. half-truths and superficial relationships so that I may live deep within your heart. God bless me with anger for injustice, oppression and exploitation of people so that I may work for justice, freedom, and peace. God bless me with tears to shed for those who suffer pain. Rejection, hunger, and war. So that I may reach out my hand to comfort and to turn their pain to joy. And God bless me with enough foolishness to believe that I can make a difference in the world so that I can do what others claim cannot be done.
bring justice and kindness to all our children and the poor. Amen.